For SearchSecurity.com, I'm Bill Brenner. You're listening to Security Wire Weekly for Wednesday, May 16, 2007. This week, Core Security CTO Ivan Arce sits down with me to discuss the pros and cons of hacking contests, month of flaw disclosure projects, and penetration testing. And Verizon makes a bid to acquire CyberTrust. We begin with TJX, which took a hit in the first quarter of 2007 thanks to a $12 million charge tied to the security breach that exposed at least 45.7 million credit and debit card holders to identity fraud. In total, the breach has cost the company about $25 million to date. The Framingham mass-based retail giant reported Tuesday that its quarterly operating profit missed Wall Street estimates by a penny. On a net basis, the company reported a 1% drop in earnings. It posted net income for the first quarter at $162.1 million, down from $163.8 million a year earlier. During the three-month period ending April 28th, TJX said it took a $12 million after-tax charge for costs to investigate and contain the intrusion, enhance computer security and systems, and communicate with customers, as well as technical, legal, and other fees. Our next story is on yet another acquisition in the security market. CyberTrust, the security services vendor created three years ago with the merger of TrueSecure, Betrusted Holdings, and Ubizen, is about to be absorbed into the operations of telecom giant Verizon. Verizon Business Monday announced a definitive agreement to acquire CyberTrust for an undisclosed price. The deal, expected to close in 60 to 90 days, will make Verizon Business the largest managed information security services to large businesses and government customers worldwide, Verizon Business President John Killian said. Nancy Gofus, Senior VP and Chief Marketing Officer for Verizon Business, wouldn't discuss the cost of the acquisition during a conference call with reporters Monday, nor would she go into specifics on how jobs will be affected. But she did suggest that layoffs will not be part of the process. She said it remains unclear what will become of the CyberTrust name, but that Verizon and CyberTrust will not exist as separate entities. She hopes to have a clearer picture of what everything will look like in the next 60 to 90 days. We'll be back after this message. Want to know which NAC products can lock down your network endpoints? Or which firewalls can secure the application layer? Visit our brand new integration of networking and security school. Using a combination of webcasts, technical tips, podcasts, and quizzes, a top-notch roster of renowned information security instructors will help you learn how to secure the application layer, lock down network endpoints, secure remote offices, and much more. Don't wait. Get an in-depth look at the security-related and networking-related processes affecting enterprise network security. Visit SearchSecurity.com's Integration of Networking and Security School today at SearchSecurity.com NetSec. That's searchsecurity.com slash netsec. Core Security CTO Ivan Arce is a big proponent of penetration testing as a way for companies to find and fix their vulnerabilities. But what does he think of vulnerability disclosure in the public domain? 
Is he a fan of all the hacking contests and month of flaw disclosure projects we've seen so much news about in recent months? Yvonne joins me today to discuss these issues. Welcome to the program. Hello, Bill. Good to be here. So your, your main area of expertise is on um, penetration testing. So let me, uh, let me start there um, with one of the biggest data breach stories that we've been covering in recent months, and uh, um, that is the TJX data breach. Talk about how, in your opinion, um, penetration testing might have saved them from what they've since had to go through in terms of damaged reputations and, and um, what their customers have had to go through. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with the internal procedures, security procedures, or, or and strategy of TJX. But uh, in general, penetration testing, if you do it repeatedly, and if you do it uh, as part of a process where you not only do penetration testing, but you act upon the results of a penetration test, and you iterate through that process, uh, the outcome of doing that is that you get your security posture improving over time. So adopting such a process might actually help prevent incidents like what happened at TJX. So based on the penetration testing that um, a lot of your customers have done um, using the tools that you provide, Talk about what you see as the most common security holes that um, that companies have that they need to be dealing with. Well, it's um, definitely client-side vulnerabilities and vulnerabilities in applications that run on the desktop systems and that are under the control of unexperienced or security unaware users. Typical example of this is browser bugs or email uh, attacks where there's maybe a software vulnerability or maybe even a, a malicious email that it's sent to a user that it's unaware and clicks on, on a URL. And, uh, and that's all it takes to break into an otherwise secure network. Now, in your opinion, are you in a greater sense of danger if you're, you know, we hear a lot about how Internet Explorer is the browser that tends to suffer the most attacks, but in, in your mind, is there any one browser that, based on the testing that's been done over time, um, is a little safer than... Aha, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, well, you have to take something into account, which is the market share of each browser, right? So uh, I personally don't use Internet Explorer. I think that it, it has evolved a lot and it has added uh, a lot of, uh, in terms of security, it has improved a lot, but it's also huge, uh, very complex, and it has a lot of different components and it does a lot of different things. Uh, but every browser nowadays does things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously the attackers will go for the thing that has a more, the biggest market share, the, the larger attack surface, and that's Internet Explorer. Uh, so that's why I try to stay away of it. What do, you, what do you use for a browser? I use Firefox, which is not secure either. It has its problems, but every browser has problems. As long as you are aware and you're conscious and you practice good uh, 
practices, mm -hmm. then you're, you're fine. In fact, I use uh, Firefox and I use uh, the NoScript extension on Firefox, what, which prevents JavaScript and Java from running within it, which is pretty good. Now, in a recent interview with my colleague, Dennis Fisher, you, um, you talked about Microsoft and how well they're doing it, cooperating with security researchers who find zero-day flaws in their products. And well, we've written a lot about the steps Microsoft has taken on its end to try to boost, bolster its uh, security reputation. One example is um, um, this week they're having their latest uh, Blue Hat conference mm -hmm. where they invite hackers to come on down to Redmond and tell them where, what they're missing, um, just as one example. You said, though, that the company isn't as transparent as some might think. Um, talk about that and give some examples of where they could be doing better. All right. So, uh, in the context of, of uh, when I said that, is uh, yeah, it applies to Microsoft, but it, in general, it applies to most software vendors. Uh, if you look at the vulnerability disclosure timelines uh, in the security bulletins or in the uh, security advisories, you would see a date when, hopefully, you will see a date when a vulnerability was reported to the vendor. And then you will next, you will see a date when the vulnerability was disclosed to the general public and the patch what was released. But nobody knows what happens in that time frame between reporting the bug and disclosing it. And overall, the process is not very transparent. And I think it would be a great help for the community, for the user community and the people that it's uh, concerned about security, the end user organizations, those that are vulnerable, to know how the process really works and to gain more transparency. Mm -hmm. And that's something that not only Microsoft, but most of the vendors, and it's good to say so, most of the vulnerability researchers as well don't provide. Now, for a lot of um, researchers who might not feel that a vendor is responsive enough or quick enough in dealing with the discoveries that they find, the answer is to have what we've seen a lot of since last summer, these month of um, flaw disclosure projects. So we had, it started with HD Moore's month of browser bugs. Uh, we had LMH's month of kernel bugs, month of Apple bugs. And now there's a month of ActiveX bugs. Um, do you think that projects like these are the right way to light that proverbial fire under the pants of the vendor who <laughs> might otherwise be, be slower in dealing with it? Or do you think that there is a better way? I think that the month of the uh, X bugs, it's uh, mainly uh, uh, PR marketing uh, effort rather than a uh, uh, systematic uh, attempt to improve security or, or find uh, vulnerabilities in order to fix them. So that's my first thought. Uh, the, the second thought is uh, it shouldn't be about lighting fires behind on, on the vendors uh, behind. So I, I don't <laughs> know where <laughs> the phrase you just said, something like that. It should be about uh, thinking about the end users that are vulnerable. And I'm not sure that uh, the month of the 
Xbox is the best way to get users uh, in, in a safer position. Now, what about um, a couple of weeks ago we saw at the Consec West conference, there was actually a contest, um, and the goal was to hack a Mac, and um, as you know, Mac users are very passionate mm -hmm. about their about their operating system and about the security of it, so it caused some controversy. But um, th this was also a case where somebody found a way to use a QuickTime flaw to hack a Mac and uh, quote unquote own it. And this person walked off with a ten thousand dollar prize from um, from uh, Tipping Point. They have this project. Mm -hmm. You know, paying this, for this vulnerability fines and such. Yes. How about that? Is is that something that you think is useful in this day and age, or do you think that all of these things should be brought out with the vendor, and that the vendor ought to be given that chance to come up with a patch first? Where, where's that happy medium? Well, uh, well, in the case of uh, Cancer Quest, the the Actually, there was work with the vendor after the, the bug was found. Uh, details were not disclosed, however, it was, it was disclosed, the fact that a bug was present. But uh, there was work with the vendor, and eventually the patch came out, and it came out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, in general, I, I think... think within a week. Yeah, within a week, which is unusual, given the track record of the same vendor in the past. Mm -hmm. That might say something about it. But uh, in general, uh, I think the well first uh, the Apple fans should know that no operating system is secure. Mm -hmm. All of them have problems, and uh, Apple and OS X is no exception. There's nothing wrong with that. There's always go going to be bugs in in BMS, in Microsoft Windows uh, variants, in OS X, in Unix variants. All of them have bugs. The important thing is how you deal with those bugs and how quickly you react. And uh, and there, some improvement needs to happen. Uh, I think Apple has a very good chance to improve quickly and and at, uh, in a very effective manner with low cost. Uh, speaking about the the prices and and the events where. Uh, there's uh, a price and, and money for the finding of a bug or disclosing it. I don't think that's uh, the right approach uh, to improve the security um, discipline. I think that uh, the best approach to improve the security discipline and to be taken seriously by the people watching us that are not part of the security community, that are other, uh, that have other interests, uh, the right way to do it is to adopt what it's known as scientific methodology for research. If we're going, if we claim that we do research, we should adhere to very basic scientific methodology, which is document truly, provide the information that can be tested and re repeated by somebody else, provide peer-reviewed uh, information. And, and follow a methodological set of uh, steps. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is, um, if you will, it's, it's uh, not directly associated to uh, 
buying or, or selling bugs, you might say. But, uh, but I think we should focus on that first instead of trying to build a market of uh, vulnerabilities and, 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 and operate on the basis of who's got more money to pay for them and who's got money to buy the information about them. Okay, Ivan. Thank you again for uh, coming on the program. Thank you. That's it for this week. The latest information security news is always available as it breaks on our news page at searchsecurity.com news. And you can always catch our Security Wire weekly podcasts featuring summaries of the latest news and interviews with security professionals at searchsecurity.com podcast. Again, I'm Bill Brenner. Thanks for listening.